Acts chapter 19, verse 17. It says, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. I love that. High honor. Many of those believed that who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and they burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, in this way, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. I, I want to talk just for a couple minutes from the subject, hope goes viral. Hope goes viral. I don't know if you can say that right now in the midst of everything that we're going. But I've been thinking about how contagious the virus is. This is all people are talking about. It, that the, 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 the virus is deadly. It is, it is massively contagious. It's violent. It spreads rapidly. And I was reading this week. And it says, in, the, in, the way, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely. I was like, man, it, spread, it was contagious. And it grew in power. They're saying that Corona is losing a little bit of his power as it's fading out and it's getting warmer and all of the. It says the word of the Lord spread quickly and it grew in power. It grew in power. And I don't know if you know this, but in the beginning, in the early church, as the church was just beginning, there was all kinds of persecution. Really, what spread the gospel around the world was the trouble that they encountered. And I found this to be true that trouble is a mirror. Trouble reveals, it shows me who I really am. I don't really know how strong my faith is. I don't really know how strong my love is. I don't know really how strong my hope is until I go through trouble. And when the early church was tested, we see that they passed the test because the, the, the gospel didn't grow weaker. It grew stronger. The pressure revealed in them that what they had was real. The trouble revealed the authenticity of what they contained. It was powerful as it began to spread. It Literally, the early church went viral. It, it, it began, it spread literally around the world. In fact, there's all kinds of scriptures in the book of Acts that talk about as pressure increased, as persecution increased, it says the word of the Lord went forward. Even when they were scattered, they scattered and ran in fear. It was the divine working of God that where they were scattered to, there was a need. And the word of God began to spread. We preached it a couple weeks ago that, that Paul said, it is that because of my chains that the gospel is advanced. Because of what we went through. Could, could it be... That right now, that this trouble, this crisis is revealing what's really in us? Could it be that Corona is actually a mirror to the church of Jesus Christ of who we are, what we stand for, our backbone, our faith, our, our hope? The gospel went viral. I don't know if you guys remember this. Some of you probably too young. But... 20 years ago, to the year 2000, there was, a, there was a massive fear epidemic that went across the world as 1999 was about to end and we were going to turn over into Y2K. 
Y2K. Y'all remember Y2K? Y2K. And, and I remember I was young. I mean, like, really young, barely born. And I, I, I was young. And my, we would go to, like, some of our friends' house, and they would have basements packed with supplies. I'm talking, like, water, like, military-grade meals, you know, that you can open, like, three years later and still good. I mean, just everything got stacked. And so we bought a couple jugs of water, like, you know, I don't know what that was going to do. <laughs> Last us a couple days. We were like, man, we should prepare because everyone else is preparing. Well, I mean, all of this hype, all kinds of media attention. All, but when January 1st, the year 2000 hit, nothing changed. All the craze passed. All the hype dissipated because what was dreaded was not real. Now, I want you, to, I want you to, to think about now what we're dealing with in 2020, COVID-19. All kinds of fear. All kinds of dread. But the hype is not going away. It's increasing because the enemy actually has some substance to it. People are literally dying. People are losing their jobs. Our economy is crashing. There are real things that are happening right now. I know there's some people out there saying, it's not real. It's a conspiracy. I literally know friends that have passed away because of one this week because of coronavirus. It's, it's real. So because it's real, you see it spread. The media, the dread. Y2K, it showed up to be nothing, but corona actually showed up to be something. It was proven. Do you know why the word of God sometimes doesn't spread in 2020? is because sometimes our faith is similar to Y2K. Wow. Wow. Is that it, it comes with a little, lot of pomp and circumstance, but at the end of the day, there's nothing to show for it. And really, that's my current concern right now in 2020, is is there substance to our faith? Is our hope real? Or is it something we've conjured up? In the buildings that we have, in the social media platforms that we have, and it's this entire thought, but, but, but is it real? The, the reason that the early church took off like it took off was because it was real. There was substance. There was real life change that they saw and that they experienced. There was proof. So many stories of miracles happening, literally saying, how can we argue it? He's standing right in front of us. There, there's, there's proof to it. It's not a threat. I'm going to tell you this is that our faith right now in 2020 cannot just be a promotional scam. It cannot just be a front on a do-good campaign or a do-good club. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We have a hope that is anchored in him. This is a real hope. It has real power. It has real potency. Potency. That, that's the word I want to talk about because when, when a virus is potent, it's contagious. When it gets weaker, it loses the contagion. It, it, it has less and less, uh, it is less and less contagious. But as it's strong, as it's potent, it is the most contagious. I, I was um, talking with my oldest son, Jude, this week, and him and I were having a talk, and he's six going on 16, apparently. <laughs> Because I went upstairs where him and his brother were playing, Genesis, and uh, he looked at me in a way that made my, it, it made me feel insecure. He had this look at me like, and I said, Jude, is there a problem? And he goes, Daddy, where's my snack? 
I'm like, well, son, I'm going to tell you where a couple things are. It's in the pantry, and you got two legs. You can go get it for yourself. And he goes, I told you to bring me one up. I'm like, the devil is alive. Come out in the name of, I mean, I was looking at him, and I literally, I was like, he, 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 he caught me off guard. Hey, Daddy, where's my snack? You know, I was praying this week, preparing for this message, and I was thinking, this is the problem with the church. This is the problem with the church. Hey, God, where's my snack? As if he owed us something. As, 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 if, he's, as if we're in charge. God, where's my answer? Where's my... How about this? Government. The government I hate. The government I criticize. The government I tweet about. The government that I have posts all over my social media about. Where's my check? I was, I was literally humored as I watched social media as people that rail against our government. And now they want their check? Grow the heck up. Go make your own money. What are you talking about? You criticize the government and then you want its money. My son's born in my house. To me. Lives. Eats my food. I bought the snacks. And he's going to tell me, daddy, go get me a snack. No, 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 no. This is where the church of Jesus Christ is. Pastor, give me a snack. You know what I realized when church was taken away in the building? Is that we have a lot to be grateful for. And there's a lot of people that have really got entitled about how they want church to be, how they want God to be, how they want him to work. And I think it's about time for it to stop. Because God is not someone that we order around asking, where is my snack? If I had an alternate title, that's what I call it. I call it Daddy. Where's my snack? For real. Where's the snack? Where's the snacks at? I'm like, dude, like, we, we got to talk about your tone, young man. Like, how about this? Daddy, could you get me a snack, please? Let's try, let's try that one. I told you to get it. And I'm like, says every Christian in America, as we rail against how God moves and how he works, pastor, get me a snack. Government, get me a snack. God, get me a snack. I started thinking about this, is that the reason that we have lost our potency, the reason that hope has not gone viral, is because the church is not a pure representation of the church. So many people right now are saying, well, we will never go back to buildings. This is how the early church started, and this is how we'll go into the future. Can I just help you for a second? The early church met in homes because they didn't have buildings. The early church was not characterized by being in homes. The early church was characterized by the purity of their faith. The early church was characterized by the authenticity in which they lived. The early church was marked by their love for one another. We're going back to the early church. We're going to meet in living rooms and share bread together. That's great. It's because if they would have had a building, they would have met in a building. We have buildings. Once we can, we're going to meet in buildings. It's the characteristics of what they are. There are many contributors to a non-viral, weak hope. And one is a critical faith. Why this? Why me? Daddy, where's my snack? 
I'm telling you, instead of saying, Daddy, where's my snack? We should be saying, Lord, what's my mission? Hey, God, where's my snack? We should be saying, Lord, what's my mission? What are you trying to do in the midst of COVID-19? What are you trying to do in the midst of my life, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of uncertainty? Oh, wow, I don't know what's going on. I lost my job. Man, you're going to provide some way? This is awesome. I get to sit back and see how you're going to move because trouble is a revealer if you really trust God. Everybody's giving money away when they have money. When you're generous, when you don't have, that shows if you're really generous or not. It's not when things are going well. It's when you share hope, when you're struggling, that really shows what you have. A critical faith, a powerless faith. It weakens the potency of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we present something, but there's no power to back it up. No power. When we entertain instead of demonstrate. I'm going to talk about it in a second. We we got to have power. There's got to be power. We need the presence of God. We're singing about it a couple minutes ago. We need to move. We need to move. We don't just need entertain. We don't need just to be hyped up. We need a move of this. We need his power. A powerless faith robs hope of its potency. A hypocritical faith. A hypocritical faith will rob hope of its potency. We say one thing and do another. We judge others harder or more harshly than we judge ourselves. We, 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 we judge people in positions that we've never met or never been in. It, it, it's a hypocritical faith. Well, if I would have went through that, I would have. You never went through it. Just stop. Pastor Steve used to tell me all the time, you give much grace because you need much grace. And every once in a while, that judgmental, critical, hypocritical spirit comes out and you judge someone. And before you know it, a couple years down the road, you're in the same exact situation. And God will remind you ever so gently. And you'll think, man, I probably should have not judged them so harshly. Because I didn't know. I, I didn't know. The early church Christians, I was studying this this week, and I, I never saw this before. The early church Christians, there was all kinds of things that characterized them as the early church and as a movement with viral hope, hope that went viral. But one of the things that so characterized them, there, there was all kinds of paganists and, and, and pagans that, that were in awe of the way that Christians grieved their dead. And this is what I was thinking about is, is we've lost sight of eternity. We really have. We don't grieve like those who have no hope. When we say yes to Jesus, we are going to live for, I'm going to see you again. It's still sad, but it's not the same type of grief. And the early church was known. They were characterized by the way that they grieved their dead was different. Where they had dirges and they had days and days of weeping and mourning for those who died if, you, if they weren't a part of Christianity. Christians had a celebration of the life and now that they were with and united with Jesus. Think about... Christians and non-Christians and how we grieve the dead in 2020. We've lost sight. It's be, when, we, when our hope is not pure, it is not potent. If it is not potent, it is not contagious. If it is not contagious, it will never go viral. There has to be a purity to the gospel. There has to be a purity to the hope. And we want to have a critical spirit and say it's this. It's a house. It's a building. It's this. Or is that? No. There were characteristics of every early believer. You see it all throughout the book 
of Acts. The early church wasn't powerful because it met in homes. It was powerful because it was pure. I want to give you a couple things. If you analyze the early church on, on really what made the hope go viral, what made them who they were. They were not yelling, God, where's my snack? They, was, they became contributors, not consumers. This was a characteristic of the early church is that they all brought or had something to give. Acts 2, 44, it says all the believers were together and had everything in common. For 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Think about this. When we begin to hear COVID-19 is on its way, there's going to be shutdown. Everyone is hoarding. The early church was selling stuff so that they could give. The current church is hoarding stuff so we can survive because we trust us more than we trust God. We come to church as consumers, not contributors. I'm telling you, it's time to grow up. I'm not trying to be too harsh today, but it is time for us. We will never go back to normal. It is time for us to stop being consumers. We have to be contributors. We don't come to a church. We are the church. We don't watch a church. We are the church, which means we contribute. We have a message. We have something to give. We have something to do. This is how hope goes viral. Is when believers recognize that we're contributors and not just consumers. The church does not, does not exist to serve us. We are the church. And we serve each other. Second thing is that they became demonstrators, not entertainers. You see this throughout the life and ministry of Jesus is that he was always going after the Pharisees. He was, man, he was ruthless with the Pharisees because they were all show and no action. The, the, Jesus even said this. He says, you're hypocrites. Jesus called them whitewashed sepulchers. You're going to have to look that up sometime. He says, you wash the outside of the dish, but you neglect the inside. Jesus was after it. He was after the heart. Because it wasn't about the building. It wasn't about the shell. It was about what was inside. It was about the heart. It was about the thing that made you tick. It was about what you really cared about. Trouble reveals what we really care about. And they became demonstrators. Well, my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, I pray this every time before I preach. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and, 4 and 5. says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Why? So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. I want you to just think about this the American church in 2020 and think about how much of our faith and our hope rests in leaders and pastors and men and women. But when the power of God shows up, it exposes man for who he is and it reveals God for who he is. When the power of God shows up, it reveals our frailty and it magnifies his ability. That, that's what happens when the, that's why we need demonstration. That's why we need the power of God, not just entertaining. We're not trying to just put on a great live stream, a great show. We're not trying to just have the great, the best look. Excellence is important. We strive for all these things. But if we don't have the power of God, 
I had people even tell us as we went, started meeting just online, people saying, hey, your, your services need to be shorter. You need to kind of like have a little bit more calm approach. You need to kind of teach a little instead of pre- Stop that. Why are we stopping who we are? For a presentation? No, this is who we are. We're the church of Jesus Christ. A hope that is going viral. Unction that is in our hearts to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in its purest form. Because when it's about him and when it's pure, it's potent. When it's potent, it's contagious. When it's contagious, it goes viral. That's what I believe is going to happen. Even in the midst of, of, of this virus and on the other side of it, I believe and I declare that hope will go viral. It will go viral. The next thing you see that they, they became proclaimers, not complainers. You don't see the early church complaining. You see the early church proclaiming. They all became preachers. Right now in modern America, the church of Jesus Christ in 2020, the pastor preaches. In the early church, the believers preached. Every person preached because every person had a message. Every person had a testimony of hope. So every person became a proclaimer. You know what I found to be true is the people that complain a lot are not in the battle far enough. It is so easy to complain from the grandstands. And I think what God was doing as as he used what the enemy meant for evil with COVID-19 and he turned it for good, I think he just said, all right, I'm going to push everybody out of the stands. Everybody's on the playing field. Hey, you're in the game. How you doing? And complainers are now jarred as they realize, like, I don't have my pastor next to me. I don't have my building. I don't have the comfort is my faith real? Is my fa- what, what, was it just entertainment for me? Was it just a box to check? Was it just something? Or is it real? Well, I know, I know pastors operate in the, you operate in the power of God. That's what the early church was. That each person had an anointing and each person had a gifting. Each person demonstrated the power of hope in their life. Acts chapter 4, verse 20 It says, as for us, we cannot help, can't help, speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. I can't help, I can't help but talk about what I've seen and what I've heard. I can't, I just can't help it. I got to talk about it. There's all kinds of things we talk about. Man, it's just, we we talk about this, we talk about this brands, ideas, businesses, stocks, sports teams, although we haven't had that in a really long time. We we talk about all these things. When hope goes viral, you can't help but talk about it. I'm trying to get up my courage to share my faith with my neighbor. When hope goes viral, you can't help but talk. When, When it really does something, it demonstrates its power in your life, you can't help but, sh- but show it. It says, we can't help but talk about what we have seen and what we have heard. You know, I think the problem is some of us, we haven't seen or heard anything. There hasn't been a demonstration in our own lives to see and to hear. It's always been something we've watched from the distance, but we've never participated in. Well, now the buildings are gone. And it's opportunity for us to participate in the thing that God is doing and to experience this real relationship with who Jesus is. The word of the Lord went viral because they took personal responsibility to spread the message. Can, can I just help you? 
for the, on, on this for a second. And if you want hope to go viral, you have to become, and just pardon the, the, the analogy, but you have to become infected. You, you can't just be around it. You can't just play around. It, it, ha, it has to infect you. I think for many of us, that's why hope doesn't go viral in our own lives is because we see it going viral in others and we think just by proxy that that's enough for us. No, I'm talking about a personal relationship for each and every person with the power of God. I'm talking about the good news of Jesus. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ going back to its purest form. I'm talking about potency and that potency infecting others and becoming contagious. When it becomes contagious... It goes viral. I, I don't, I've probably been obsessing over it a little bit more than I should, but as COVID-19 has went all around the world, I'm watching everything. And so I heard a pastor this week say, say don't watch the news, look at the news. I'm like, oh, that's, that's good, that's good. Don't just, don't watch it, obsess over it, glance at it. Get your information, but move on. But I'll watch the White House briefings, and I've studied about what the virus does, how you catch it, all of those things. And we're all six feet apart, and we're honoring all of these things. And there's, there's, all, there's all these things. But you know what? There's, there's like three main veins that cause you to get infected with coronavirus. Three main categories or three main ways. The first one is exposure. That's it. Topical so you touch something that someone else has touched with the coronavirus. You touch it to your mouth, your ears, your eyes. It, it, it's exposure. Do you know how hope goes viral? It's exposure. If you're not around it, you're not going to be infected with it. And I know we're using words like infected and virus, which is very sensitive right now with what we're going through. But I want to draw an analogy. I know on the opposite side of the spectrum, but that... We are so afraid of the contagious nature of the virus. But I just want to share some hope with you that the hope of Jesus Christ should even be more contagious. And in order to receive hope, we got to be around it. What are you around? What are you watching? What atmospheres, environments are you in? You have to have exposure. You have to be around it to get it. Our hope has to be in the atmosphere. This is what we're trying to do as a church. That's why you see content coming out every single day of the week because we're getting hope into the atmosphere. We want people to feel it. We want people to sense it. We want people to be infected by it. I'm infected with fear because of everything I'm watching, but I want to be infected with hope because of the environment that I've been exposed to. They say there's another way to get it. It's, it's just ingested. It's in the air. You ingest particles. Someone sneezes. It's gross. Yeah, stuff, you know, get, and you, you breathe it in. You know what I think that for a lot of us, hope is on us, it's just not in us. Which means that we can communicate hope to someone else, but it doesn't really live in us. Which means I can counsel you and tell you, well, this is how you have hope, and this is what you should do, and this is the seven steps to your hope going viral, but in me, it's absent. Because for many of us, we wear our faith like a badge instead of it being the identity of who we are. We, we have hope as a weapon to try to communicate to someone else and counsel someone else, but we don't apply it to ourselves. It's a bad analogy, but this is how I say it. We don't smoke what we sell. 
This is great for you. Oh, let me, let me, here, let me, let me share this with you. Hey, do this. Have you done it? Have you done it yet? And we don't. And in secret, bedrooms and cars and spaces of loneliness, we're hopeless. But yet we're wearing hope. We're not infected with hope because hope is something that's on us, not in us. If you want hope in you, you have to ingest it. i got to breathe it in. I have to internalize it. The word cannot be something that's just in my mind. The word has to drop down in my heart. It's got to get on the in side of me. And I love this is because when, they, when I was reading all the statistics, as many of you have, it says that some people were being infected by community spread. I started thinking about that. Community spread. I looked it up just because I wanted to be sure. It says community spread is when someone gets the virus without any known contact with a sick person. They don't know where the contact was, but they contract it. You know what I call that? God encounters. And I think when enough people have had exposure and enough people have ingested, all of a sudden there becomes an atmosphere over a city. And now someone's watching in, 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 in a different state, in a different country. And all of a sudden they feel hope waking up on the inside of them. And they're saying, what? You got hope because of community spread. Because there's some infected people that are in the room, some infected people that are watching around the world and praying for you, and you're getting infected because other people had exposure, other people ingested, and now hope is going viral. This is really what I believe, that hope is about to go viral like we've never seen it before. It's going to get so contagious. It's going to spread so fast because believers, not buildings, believers are going to be infected with the hope of Jesus Christ, that the gospel is going to become pure again, potent, potent, which means it's going to become pure to what it really is. Let me give you a scripture as we close. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. All the things that we do or don't do, it, it doesn't matter. The only thing that counts. Listen to the heaviness of this statement. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The, the only thing? That's, that's the only thing that counts? Like what about all our programs? The only thing that counts? What about my calling to make sure that everyone knows that this is that, or that is this, or what about, what about my calling to let politicians know where they're wrong? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So you could actually ask yourself the question, is this action, post, text, comment, conversation, is it my faith? that's expressing itself through love? When you start talking and you're dreading the future in fear about what could happen or would happen or should happen or might have happened, is it faith that's expressing itself through love? I think the reason that hope has not gone viral is because our hope has become so watered down 
that our hope is anchored in success, our hope is anchored in peace, our hope is anchored in health. And when all that's stripped away, now we feel like our hope is shaken. And maybe it's because our hope has been grounded or anchored in the wrong thing. Your hope shouldn't be in your job. Your hope shouldn't be in your spouse. Your hope shouldn't be in your children. Your hope shouldn't be in health. Your hope shouldn't be in... Those are all byproducts. Those are all blessings. But my hope is in Him. Years ago, when I was a youth pastor, we, um, we just saw an incredible move of God. I mean, we were having services. We're in our Allen location now. And so our little building over here, we, man, we had these youth services packed to the wall. So hot. So hot. The AC could not keep up with the crowd in the Texas heat. So hot. And, and, and we'd be in there, and literally students would come in, not even knowing why they came. They would find out about it, not even knowing what happened. They would walk in, and literally they'd walk into the atmosphere, and something would change. They would walk, literally I saw this, I saw a young man walk in years ago, walk into our service. He had just gotten out of jail. He was, had all kinds of addictions and problems. He was in an immoral relationship. He walked in, he sat down, he fidgeted for about 20 minutes and that was all he could take and he ran to the altar, got down on his knees and gave his life to Jesus. It's called community spread because when he came into the atmosphere where people had exposure, when he came into the atmosphere, when people had ingested hope he caught it by being around and I want you to know it is time to stop wearing hope it's time to stop using hope as a decoration it is time to ingest hope it is time to be infected by hope which means this not hope in the things that I want it's hope in who he is daddy where's my snack no Lord what's my mission God where's my Lord, what's my mission? I believe this. Wherever you're watching this, I believe hope is going to fill your home. Because I've been praying that by the exposure and by the ingestion and by the community spread of the people of Church 1132, that the hope of Jesus Christ would fill you and fill your home. I declare over your life that peace is coming. Hope is coming. Faith is exploding. I declare there's going to be a demonstration of the faith of Jesus Christ. I declare that you are going to walk in new levels of hope and faith. That you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and feel different. You're going to sleep through the night tonight with no nightmares, with no terrors, with peace in your heart. Because maybe for the first time, hope was not something you watched. Hope was not something that you were around. But hope was something that got inside of you. Hope in Jesus.